Hello. How have you been? Oh, all right. Played any games? Um, I picked up uh, Devil May Cry 5, but I haven't been able to play it much because like, I played it and then around an hour and then when I went back to play it, um, uh, my PS4, because I guess last time I had a power outage, well, I, I mentioned it on BB or whatever, but it messed up. It seemed fine, but... Like save data corrupted or some shit, so I had to start over again. So, um, but I haven't had much time to actually play it either. So there's that. I do want to though. It's fun. You played the the other games in that series? No, but um, I guess you don't have to. And it's I only started playing it because, um, you know, Capcom put all of their stuff on Spotify. Uh, like all their music. I didn't know. Yeah, so like all of uh, Ace Attorney's on there, like every single last thing. Um, all of Mega Man, all of like pretty much everything. Uh, so just kind of stumbled on it, I guess, on Spotify. And then I was like, oh, this music's pretty cool. That's so, very interesting. Yeah. So I pretty much bought it for the music. Hello. Sorry for being late. I'm going to get up, feed cats, and all that crap. Ugh. I don't, I don't have anything prepared. I've been sick the last few days, and uh, we were busy at the con last week. But it doesn't mean we can't do a BS our way through an episode. Okay, I'm good. Three. Two. One. Hey! Welcome to Bonus Barrel. I hope you guys are ready for a pulse-pounding, super-planned, exciting, long, robust episode, my friends, because we're bringing it all. You know, episode 200's almost out. We gotta, we gotta be big. We gotta go big up until then. <laughs> sure, we don't have a topic this week, and one of us is sick. We all sound kind of tired. But uh, this is going to be a great episode. Wait till you see what we have in store for you guys. It's great. How are you guys feeling? Feeling pretty pumped? I'm so ready. Man, Sagey sounds so pumped. Shelby? Uh, yeah. Um, Holy shit. I'm as pumped as I could be. Oh my god, so pumped. It's been kind of a busy few weeks. Um, Shelby and I were a part of a local convention last week. It was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Did you have fun? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just saying that you guys it was your first time really actually physically being there instead of just giving yeah. me stuff to sell for you. That's true. I've never been to a convention at all in general. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I would like to do more, and I, I don't. Maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I will. Uh, yeah. Nothing crazy happened though. There wasn't like any. I don't. I wish I had like good. Well, I'm glad I don't have any like weird stories because then that would have been not fun at the time but it's also not fun because i don't have any fun stories be like this person uh jumped me over my booth because the prices were too were too good of a deal that, that never happened unfortunately what happened i would i just talked to people as they walked by and sold art it was nice 
people it was cool i was thinking about how i wouldn't necessarily like being an attendee as much at a convention i think that i'd walk around a few times get tired and want to go home but as a vendor it's a lot of fun because i just kind of observe and watch people talk to them as they walk by and i have my own spot so i can just sit there or i can wander around since i'm usually with megan or someone uh so that's that's i like that but i don't get to go to any of the panels so i mean if i cared about the panels i would have been one thing I do want to mention, though, is that if you're one of those people that walks by somebody's booth and you look at their stuff and you're like, oh, that's not worth it, like, hmm. probably actually just go die. Did someone say that to you? No, but it's like you hear okay. it, like, and then there was also this argument that happened on the Anna Maritime page not too long ago where this person okay. posted that they were doing, con like, commissions uh, or whatever before the actual convention and that she was going and that, you know, if people commissioned her, she would just bring them there and, like, give them out there kind of thing, like right uh if other people were going and then somebody had posted hey this is a scam uh and it's not like this is the first time i had heard it before either like people don't usually say it to me but you do hear it at the convention people will walk by people's tables if you're walking around i have heard that before nobody's ever personally said it to me but like you do hear it it's just unfortunately one of those things that happens um but yeah uh, i, I guess scam he said it was a scam because he didn't think their art or their art was good. So oh, no. I thought maybe they thought you're paying in advance. Uh, no, don't do it. But <clears throat> but he's just saying their work well, that's sucks. Just how online commissions work in general. So uh, yeah, um, they just didn't like their art, so they kept saying it was a scam, and then they were just saying wow. oh, free freedom of speech, blah blah blah, as most people do. It's the defense they fall back on when they say something yeah. offensive these days. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, uh, don't be a dick. Uh, oh, okay people's tables uh please ask permission before you take pictures of somebody's stuff uh, or them or them yeah it should be in the handbook you get when you go to a convention anyway um somebody did go to my table and take pictures of all my stuff and then leave so that was pretty not cool and i think they did it to rob too so there's that just they don't did. do it um a lot of people who take pictures just want to do it because they want to show people hey did you want this They'll take a picture, whatever, but I mean, it takes two seconds to ask, so just do that. Don't just assume people are okay with it. Uh, and then, yeah, that's that's, that's all good I life got. advice. Oh, that's good. Good advice, Seiji. Have you ever been to a convention before? Mm, let me think. Okay. The Vancouver Retro Gaming Expo a couple years nice. ago. Right, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Jealous. I think that's the only one of the kind and there was like an i think they call it an artist alley or something like that oh yeah which wasn't an alley it was more like a room <laughs> yeah. but right. i guess that's like the conventional name for alliteration is really thing. cool too artist alley artist room doesn't sound fun recreation room sounds fun and and it was interesting the the mood in that area of the convention was completely different than from the rest oh yeah how so Art, angry artists sitting together no, pitching not, about things not angry at all more like uh, uh i don't know if i'm using the the right words for it but the rest of the convention was a little bit colder and maybe more down to business because it was a lot mm -hmm. of like game exchanging and stuff like that but when i went into the artist alley room or whatever i don't know people were talking and, and kind of like being more uh welcoming and stuff like that 
artists are the best people, obviously. Yeah, but it seemed it seemed like people wanted to like engage in conversations where the the vendors in the room only wanted to talk to you if you had you know some business to do with them. You know, you're kind of right, actually, because I talked to a lot of people who didn't buy stuff from me, but it was still fun to talk to them. You know, they would come by and maybe they saw something they liked for whatever reason, didn't really feel like buying it or whatever, but they might talk about the fandom or, or, well, anything really. I, I did notice that and it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's a cliche or something, but my experience um, with artists in general um, is kind of like that too. Like they're very uh, considerate people or a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know. Programmers can't feel anything because they're coding. Like it takes a lot for a programmer, for example, to develop the ability to feel even the most basic of emotions. Uh, there's a Sentai called uh, Q-Ranger, and there's a character in there who has no emotions, but over time is developing some, and I feel like that could apply to every programmer. Hmm. Never met. He's a great character, too. Yeah, well, if you're talking about programmer, like, pro- I don't know if, if programmers... <laughs> go to conventions probably they do oh, they right might. but yeah uh, right programming con pro con in a convention in a i mean development studio <laughs> environment yeah, yeah the programmers are all over the place but uh in general yeah i would agree that they're a bit you know aloof maybe i like to imagine a artist alley equivalent of programmers like a huh. programmer party a programmer uh, place programming place. You go in and you and they you buy or commission <laughs> tiny amounts of code, and they print the code on a piece of paper, and you can like frame it or look at it. Maybe you could take that code and copy it into uh, your own thing. Think about it. Yeah. Think about all the sales they'd make. So you you guys are artists. So you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I know programmers, okay. right? I think yes. the, the main difference would be that the programmers would be trying to fix something altogether. <laughs> Not fully agreeing on, on anything in particular, but always trying to, to fix something and discussing about it. And probably they'll figure out some sort of a, a system at some point, maybe after the convention. But <laughs> and, but, but artists seem, seems to, to fix everything more ad hoc. Like they tend to, I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but... It's a weird one, man. I don't know how to... It's artists like artists and at least in games it's super like it's art like you've had, fixing something is not i won't say easy but it's like it's so it i don't know it's different it's very subjective too it's like what looks good versus a programming thing maybe where it's like this code is clearly not working we could fix you know it's not like you it's not interpretive or fucking i don't like the style of this character i don't like the way its eyes are, are slanted or can you make this thing 10 percent less blue and versus like this code's not working, it's breaking the game. We need different code. That mm-hmm. sound that that sound right? Does that sound like a reflection of reality? Um whew. so I've worked in the programming department and I worked in the design department and I've worked I I've never worked in the art department. So something that is funny working from from you know, from my side of the mm-hmm. of the aisle, if you want to call it like that, is that you know, artists seem to be doing their their own thing. They have meetings with them, and I've never really discussed much art with artists. They take directions from the documents, but and and I've had artists come to me to ask me stuff, but 
you know, to have like meetings with them, like really talking, you know, specifics about technicalities and stuff like that. Oh, I just mean the way that the two two sides think and address problems, not necessarily together. Like, like with something, if, it, if there's broken code, like you can you're you're going to be analytical about it. But if there's something off about some about art, it's sometimes harder to be analytical because it's opinionated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, there is things like clearly like your perspective's wonky or your anatomy's janked. But then sometimes it's like, yeah, I like this, but I don't know. I think it's missing something. Or I think if the colors were adjusted a little bit this way, or, you know, maybe it's he has too much gear on, stuff like that. It's like, it's like very like, you know, sometimes it's not very clear what's wrong and you have to, or sometimes if the, uh, what's, what someone's opinion isn't necessarily like what other people would think. They might think, oh, he looks awesome or, or he looks like trash, but then the art director's like, yeah, I don't like it. It's, it's just like, sometimes you don't even know what it is. Either. You're just looking at it and it's like, uh, it's good, but there's something wrong. And then you kind of sit there scratching your head, trying to figure out exactly what is wrong. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I don't make any sense. Uh, no, you do. It actually starts to sound like design a little bit. Like sometimes. Oh, I'm sure are... it's very similar, actually. Sometimes the designers were just sitting down and we're just like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Whenever we're, we are discussing ideas anyway. And and we're like that, like, I don't know what's missing, but it seems like it's missing something. Oh, in this game, they do this. So what about this? And then, then it, the design is a lot about this, just having arguments all the time. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. strange because I, I can't eat fuzz. Stop eating fuzz. Design is weird because uh, it's like you don't even get to test your theories or designs in action right you have to wait a while for like shit to actually get into the game so you could test to see how it works so it's a lot of theory craft is that is that correct that is correct yes that's, that's challenging i would think it is challenging because you have like this sort of a premise right and then you write it down you define the system and then but this is months before it goes to production right and then it goes to production mm-hmm. and then you're just like hoping that it will work, right? Because it needs to go to art, needs to go to, you know, client and server. Well, it depends on, on the type of game, but, you know, there's a lot of systems involved in that. And then you play it and then you need to do adjustments and then everybody gets mad at you because <laughs> they already did yeah. all the work and you're doing all these changes. Um, it's really hard. It's rough too because you're you're sometimes waiting, as at least in the art team, like sometimes you're waiting for design. It's like, hey, we just finished you know, concepting and figuring all this stuff. And, uh, you know, we need more, <laughs> more, more stuff to go off of. And design is kind of where that originates for us. So sometimes uh, it's easy to get a little bit of a head, I think, uh, just because you have to wait so long for everything to be tested for design, right? Yeah. And usually what happens is that it's, it's too late to make changes, right? So you just have to commit and, and, and go with it. Uh, and this is where experience really helps you a lot because if you're an experienced designer, you know that some stuff is not going to work. Right. So you so you build change into the system, right? So you you keep it flexible so that you can um, change parameters a lot and and perhaps have like Plan Bs embedded into the system. And this is something that I do a lot, and it seems to mm-hmm. work for me. But it really, what you do is you know you guess and also you use a lot of references from other games. This this, mm-hmm. this is what helps a lot. Whenever there is something that you can take a reference, you take it, and then most likely it's going to work better than something that is completely untested. You know what I mean? Right. Very little uh, in the entertainment industry is creative in a void. 
Correct. Like there's always like a starting point or a reference or moot or like reference boards that are made. Uh, even if you're not working, even if you're working with an original IP, you still you still want that feeling or like uh, like just kind of like where are we getting inspiration from? It, it, I don't know. I can't imagine anything that's created without some sort of reference to other things. Oh yeah. So many design arguments start with, oh, it's like this game, but with this other thing from this other game. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> oh, uh, Shelby, what, do you have any experiences like that or anything that you, you think would be funny to share or enjoyable to share or informative? I think sometimes we don't talk enough about, uh, game development and i feel like people might actually like to hear this kind of perspective um well just one thing i was thinking about sometimes it's like also um not just like the aspects of the job but like the the size of the team with that stuff also really matters like mm. um so if you've worked at big studios like maybe there is a bit more of like a, a disconnect and stuff but if you're working at um smaller studios you definitely do have like everybody has to be all hands on deck and everybody's got like a million different jobs and stuff that they have to be doing lots of different mm -hmm. hats that they have to be wearing uh junk like that um so what you were saying earlier when it comes to like diagnosing like an art problem or whatever well mm -hmm. if in some respects it could actually be easier to diagnose a problem because then you've only got three people looking at something and then it's like you know there's only those um, I guess opinions to consider like I imagine like people like producers and stuff want to weigh in but like ultimately uh, if you've only got three artists you have to kind of trust them with where that's going right. versus like if you've got a giant team of artists there's a lot more to consider there and, and stuff like that so uh, but I don't know if, uh, for small teams for programmers if that's the same but yeah what you say it's interesting too because uh, I've had the I guess the pleasure of, and I think Sage, this applies to Sage, and I think to you too, Shelby, because you worked, we worked at the same place for a while, but like, <clears throat> excuse me, I've worked on really, really small teams, uh, prototype teams and to the point, or, or just like a small studio in general to mm -hmm. relatively big ones with multiple studios involved. And, uh, and then, and then I've also worked on like really, really, really fresh or new, like uh, new prod, new games from the ground up. And I also come into big games that have been established for a while and then, like, the ones that have been established are just, like, content furnaces, you know? You're, they're basically, like, the design team kind of knows more or less what, what they're doing. It's less about experimenting with mechanics and more about what kind of uh, stuff can we give to keep the game more interesting or what kind of little mini-events and stuff can we add. And everything's very formulaic. And as an artist, you kind of get a list of what is going to go in there and you just make it versus, like, trying to figure out... Well, while they're still figuring out mechanics or even the theme for the game, you're concepting, like... I don't know stuff that could change not even like just just like areas but entire genres and stuff and, and I don't know from a concept perspective it's a lot of fun actually uh when it's a little more chaotic but uh but when you're on an established live service updating team it's like everything's more formulaic and really you could just kind of just like go with it it's easier in some ways like cool I'm going to I'm going to make need to make two new characters for this new game uh, and that's what I'll do. And here's the list of everything there versus like, oh man, we have to create a main character for this game. Or how do we represent the players in this game? How do we come up with this kind of thing? And, and that's a lot of fun too. It's very interesting. Hmm. Um, I want to say too, like usually with, uh, smaller teams, there's not, um, I guess as much, you don't usually get to work on like super, uh, popular like IPs or anything. Um, so 
whatever if you're working on original ip or maybe just like somebody's contracted you to do work or whatever a lot of times there's not as much like documentation on like processes and stuff mm-hmm. um so there's that and by documentation i just mean like how certain things are done because usually in a small studio it's like everybody has you know everyone has to wear their little hats or whatever but then everybody has the things that they have to do so right now at my work we have uh four artists one's kind of like the art director but he's also like the tech artist so he does like particle effects and stuff and uh Mm -hmm. just effects in general and sometimes he'll write write new art tools because he's got a little bit of programming knowledge and then i'm the character artist there uh and then we have two environment artists kind of um i say kind of because they kind of split the work between like doing ui and environment together Mm -hmm. um so um there we don't have any any kind of uh documentation for what we do because um there are only four of us. I'm on characters full time. Right. Um, you know, nobody else is going to jump in to do characters because they don't have time to do it because they're all doing their own stuff uh, kind of thing. So, uh, and it's the same, like I would never jump on uh, UI or environment unless it was just literally like, Hey, can you build this for me? And then I'll just take it into my scene and do whatever. But like, you're not really doing anything how they would do it. You're just kind of giving them pieces for stuff and then they'll figure it mm-hmm. out later type things. So, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, it's also it's fun just because we're talking about different roles and stuff. It's also fun to mention that like uh, even on an art team, and just like Shelby was saying, but it's just to kind of take it further, like there are, are there could be a lot of roles depending on the team size. So uh, I'm a concept artist. I don't do much of the technical stuff. Like, but what you're talking about, how you know, <laughs> excuse me, you know, after you have to put stuff in the game and and uh, you know wear the little different hats and stuff. Like in a bigger team. If you're if you're lucky, and it's a pros and cons because sometimes it's fun being more versatile. But like, as a concept artist, I rarely I have I haven't opened Unity in like three or four months at this point. Oh boy. Um, and nor have I written any documentation or anything like that. It's all just we need creation. We need to create, uh, you know, concepts of these things and and uh, or fix the art of this kind of thing. And and uh, I'm not a very technical person actually, so I'm happy about that. But I, I've heard of people in even like I'm not even in a big studio, but like people who are in like really big studios might specialize in just one aspect of concept art. They might just concept characters and they might just concept vehicles. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty, it's interesting and it lets you specialize and uh, specializing is pros and cons, right? Because then you like, you might be known for the best person to design fucking guns. Uh, and so people are going to want you for that and that's great. But then if you ever tried to apply to a smaller place for whatever reason, maybe you're old and want to retire, you know, you're going to have to basically adapt to doing a bunch of stuff again and, uh, I don't know. It's cool. It's it's interesting how 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 things can branch out mm-hmm. in games in the games industry. And like it's funny because uh, being an artist when I was young was like like you didn't have a lot of options. You could the idea of like because games didn't have like like crazy art departments and the internet was barely a thing. And mm-hmm. uh, so you know there's comic books. And as a kid, I didn't know what the fuck a concept artist was even on films or games. So. Oh, I knew it was traditional art and may, like maybe concept or maybe uh, uh, comic book art and possibly you know card game stuff or so just illustration really. So like when I was really young, it's like the idea of being an artist was, was like really it's 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 still really hard and competitive today. But like thanks to games and thanks to mobile games, even there's so many more jobs open for people: arts, programmers, designers, new entire new 
like uh, jobs being made. Like I don't know how how long UX design has been in uh, the industry, but it hasn't been that long. Like they're 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 popular now or whatever, but but I don't even think it's been five years where they really started to kind of like expand on that in that role. And most teams have one and blah blah blah. So it's interesting, but it's a good time, you know, if people want to be in the entertainment industry, thanks to video games, uh, there's a lot of options for people out there if they work towards it. Yeah, this is very uh, a very interesting topic because like the, the responsibilities to make a game are pretty much the same for all of video game history, I, I assume. It's just that teams get larger and stuff that needs to be done gets more delimited, right? And then somebody gets that job and that title. Like if you're to make a game, if you're an individual, you're gonna be doing everything, right? So there's no title. Yeah, you yeah. are you are all the disciplines. But then, if someone is coming to your team, or you're gonna, you know, build a team to make a game, and if it's just two people, I guess they're gonna have to distribute those responsibilities. And then, as the team grows, then you have people that are doing the art. Because what is art? Right? Art's a bunch of different things that is not like the one singular discipline, right? But if you have a small enough team and somebody needs to make the art, like you would assume that they're going to do a lot of the visuals, but also like, are they going to do the UI? Are they going to do the UX also? And, and by that, I mean, you know, the screens where the buttons go, you know, or is that going to be on design? Like I've, I've been in, in teams where I'm doing the UI UX, right? I'm doing the wireframes. I'm building the actual, you know, screens and I'm asking, you know, art to uh to produce the assets but i've i've been in in other teams where i just i don't do any ui ux which is really strange to me so i just do specification and then i send that to the ux designer and they they build the screens right and then they just come to me and they say hey is this you know what you were imagining and i was like oh yeah that's actually better than i <laughs> that i would have done because they <laughs> they knew all all this stuff and they have to keep up with the trends and other games and they come up with you know, sometimes when you're when you're building a screen, you think of a you know screen, a bunch of buttons, and let's go, right? But then the UX designer might think of you know of like toolboxes that slide in and modals and you know all these kinds of things that that you've seen and you've used. But sometimes when you're producing it, it's very because you don't either you don't have the time or the expertise or just don't think too much about that specific aspect. Um, then an expert will much, will do it much better than you. And yeah, as teams get bigger, titles and, and some jobs get very ridiculously specific, I guess. And that makes me think like sometimes you go into a team and you either get a job because, you know, there's is a big thing that needs to get done, right? And it's a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you get to a team because you're you're taking some workload off some other guy that, you know, that needs to free up space because what they do got too large. So you're just doing mm -hmm. something, you know, smaller, but very laborious. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're just, you're basically doing, uh, it's almost like being, uh, an, for animation, being in between her, uh, you're doing kind of the grunt work after the, uh, creative parts been finished you know, they have to do other shit. I could so you need not to kind of imagine fill... doing that because like i've always had my hands on like any animation that i've done um mm. I, i've handed stuff off to people yeah and then, 
uh when you get it back you've had like i have to like when i was working um at ea or whatever like had to take those things and export them and put them in the game or like the just like the assets in or whatever um but i've never gotten like an animation from somebody else and then being like yeah can you do like the in-betweens for this and then it's just like okay uh so i don't know this person this person does not exist in the <laughs> studio i have no way really to contact this person like you know stuff like that because i've always been on small teams there's always been a lot of talking back and forth mm. how something should should get done and like the somebody's specific vision because like i don't want to take somebody else's stuff that they've had a, a specific vision for and then completely butcher it i don't want to well not butcher it but like completely change the original idea you know what i mean it happens though like from concept sometimes you'll be giving a piece that someone started yeah. uh perhaps if you're working with external partners and they're like yeah we need this isn't right we need you to fix this or make this a bit different mm-hmm. so you're working off of someone else's piece yeah. and then you know quote unquote fixing it and it's weird i personally prefer to just do my own and not pass it on but i have also had my own pieces uh get moved to or not moved but like i'll do the first pass or the the main bulk of it and then they might go through and, and add like uh like a style pass or, or or maybe make it more realistic or more helpful like i i've seen that happen and, and i usually don't i don't care like if i'm happy enough with my original design that it moves on mm-hmm. uh then then i feel like i've done a good job but at the same time i have seen things change so that they're way better or in some cases worse and that is a, it's more annoying to me uh i actually had a um at a different place i had someone who was making like character designs uh in like zbrush and they needed a quick colorized version and they weren't too pleased with what another person did for colorizing them uh and i remember them being really cranky about it and being like ah because for them their vision was different right mm-hmm. the way they had it w- was different and the person who was kind of uh coloring them for whatever reason at the time or that needed to be done was wasn't as experienced to that in that role so the person who had made the original pieces was like unhappy to see what was becoming of what they saw in their mind mm-hmm. so and that's another thing about about games in general is like oh uh, i don't know about programmers and stuff but artists come with a ton of ego and a lot of like i don't know i i always say like i i don't want to what's the word i'm looking for um I don't know. I feel like a lot of creative types have like more issues. Like I, I have uh, anxiety and stuff real bad. And I know a lot of my peers kind of suffer with similar things. And I wonder if, I always wonder if that's kind of a, an aspect of, of creative jobs and stuff. I don't know. Maybe it's the same with, with programming and design, but I always met a lot of art, artists who have a lot of quirks and uh, I don't know, weirdness to them or, or just, you know, you have to be, delicate with some people because they can't take the right feedback or I don't know. It's just a mess dealing with artists. I love it, but I don't know. Maybe I don't know if you've dealt with that Shelby, but, uh, and I wouldn't necessarily put you in that category, but I certainly would put myself in that category, but I don't know. What do you, what do you guys, am I crazy? I always feel like I'm crazy when I'm talking about this stuff. No, I don't. I think you're, you're right. Um, but what you said, uh, I don't know if like the, like the, how you mentioned you have like anxiety and stuff and like creative types and junk i also know like a lot a lot of um programmers who have uh like certain aspects like if they're on uh oh god this is gonna sound horrible um like i have friends and stuff who are programmers who are like um on the spectrum and blah 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 and they just find more comfort in no if it makes you feel better i was thinking the exact same thing so like don't 
feel bad well, about it. Like, just, and and this is this is the, the other thing too is that we have to kind of be not as like careful talking about these things because it's like how else do you talk about it? I mean, there are uh, probably correct ways to say stuff so that everybody like anybody who hears this uh, can like correct the language that I'm using or whatever. Um, yeah, but, you're not meaning it offensively in any way. You're, you're yeah, um, yeah. But, like, I understand who are on the on the spectrum and stuff who have jobs in programming and, and blah 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 like they find it easier to understand and this is all just based on what like what i've heard from my friends and, and junk like i've never actually yeah. experienced it but like um it's easier for them to understand the th like the concepts and the ideas and things that are in programming uh than it is for them to like you know um anything in a social situation let's say so like that's they're more comfortable doing that so sometimes like you know you'll meet a programmer and they're very quiet or they just always seem like they're off in their own little thing but it's like no they're just constantly thinking about programming those kinds of things so yeah um 100 percent uh it's actually interesting if you ever go if you ever go to a game studio you might notice that the uh the rooms and atmospheres where if unless the teams are completely mixed together oftentimes you have an art department and programming department and stuff and I always find the the way the the two the areas feel is is different. Like uh, the art department is feels a little bit different than the programming side, and and uh, oh, and sure. designers too, and, and then the management, all, well, management's management. But it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Art, I found art. There's two there's two groups of two types of art areas I've seen: the quiet but still inappropriate type, uh, and then like kind of the loud and rowdy type. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you know, programmers. I always find that. I often find that they're quite quiet and like, I don't know, a little, I don't know. It's like from, if I was not in the games industry, I would, I would think a lot of programmers I met are kind of weird, but uh, I don't think like, I don't think there are weird or any more weird or less weird than like any other group of people. But, but like, just to your point, like, yeah, there's, there's it's, it's, we're talking generals, like uh, uh, not individuals change everything. It's like, you can't put any, one group into an actual like group there's gonna be outliers and stuff but like a lot of programs i just think about some programmers i've met over time mm. and they had some like unique ways of of doing things or whatever i know one i remember one gentleman who would lay on his under his desk all the time and just be kind of off-putting he was a nice person but like he'd be really weird to talk to and like you wouldn't quite know how he's taking something and uh i don't know i've met i feel like that but then i got i've met artists with explosive egos and like like vague prima donna ways of thinking or mm -hmm. or being so protective of their work when they're in a, in a, in the industrial like an industrial like when they're in a part of a pipeline like you can't be glued to any one thing and mm -hmm. especially like from concepts like i expect most of my shit to be thrown away and it is indeed almost always <laughs> thrown away yeah. almost nothing i do makes it to the final game uh and this is something you got to expect but there are people who don't like that you know and they still want to do the concept art job because it is a fun job, but then they're upset if their stuff doesn't quite make it or if someone doesn't like it. And it's, yeah, it's weird. It's just weird. Like game studios are an interesting uh, biome of, of, of different individuals in groups. I don't know. Say, does any of that sound like right to you? Like you're in a different studio for a while now. Is it, is, is there any sort of, does any of that kind of carry over to where you're at or, or, and you're not an artist, so maybe you have a completely different way of looking at things. So I've been in the industry for, for a number of years. I'm thinking billion years, uh, more than 10 years for sure. And I've had relationships with people from different 
um, disciplines. Also, I've worked in, also in, in Mexico, I worked at a game studio and different parts of Canada. So I think there is some truth to that, definitely. Like, I used to be a programmer. I know I'm weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love you, but you are you are weird. I mean, so am I, though, but in a different way. In a different way. Um, yeah. In a different, you know, basket. But something that yeah. has happened to me working in design is that I had to change my... I had to become more hmm, warmer, maybe. I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and that is because when you're in programming, because of, of what we do, everything needs to be very logical, right? So if, you, if that's what you're doing all day, and the way you communicate with other programmers also is very logical, right? You, because if you're talking to a programmer in a, in a work environment, right, and you say something about how something should work, and it doesn't make sense. A programmer will make sure that you know that it doesn't make sense. And they won't really stop to think about your feelings. But be, because it's not in the... In, they're not trying to be mean either. That That's something that happens to me a lot, right? Like, I don't try to be mean. But I... Maybe not so much today. Or maybe I do. I don't know. But I, I've, I've been told this a lot, right? That I'm being mean when I'm speaking. Hey! Hello. Whoa. While Lef appeared, we could get another person's uh, input on the game industry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about uh, people, uh, how, how different uh, disciplines or roles in a game studio, like different personalities and, and cliches and stuff like that. Oh, geez. Okay. What, like, like what? Like people um, yelling, cursing, swear words when something oh, goes wrong? I know exactly who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to hear about that too. Uh, we're, I was talking about like an art perspective, how I see other disciplines, uh, how artists tend to have a lot of ego and, and, okay. and how All programmers right. are kind of like weird. <laughs> I uh, was actually, I was thinking about this the other day. So that's funny. Um, that's good. So what I was thinking of and like, <laughs> just like was... left person. All right, guys, I got my own <laughs> shit to say. Fuck you, Stacey. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Keep going. What do you, what do you got? So it, it's, just, it's just kind of funny that, that this was what you're talking about because it was, I think, a week or two ago, I was doing uh, TRC checks on PS4 games. And that's just basically a process before a game gets sold on the PlayStation Joy. It has to go through this really big checklist. Can, um, can I just interrupt for a brief second? Just to yeah, yeah. Like, Rob and I are artists. Seiji's like design programmer. Lef is at the, um, the end of the pipeline now. So he's quality analyst. Yeah. Damn, very right. nice. Yeah. Get the whole. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do. I do testing. So uh, I, I was doing these TRC checks for PlayStation. I thought it was really cool because, you know, to kind of see that side of things, because um, I've never done the PlayStation side um, of, of a TRC check. And I, was, I thought it was really cool. And I was talking to Rob and I was telling him, hey, I did like a PS4 TRC check the other day. It was really cool. And then Rob looks at me and he goes, what's a TRC check? And, yeah, and it's I a very... It's a very important thing, you know, in, in the process of a game coming out. And then I just thought, like, friggin' artists being spoiled, living in their own bubble, <laughs> not knowing what a friggin' TRC check is. <laughs> so, uh, artists, artists, though, don't get me wrong, they, they, they work really hard, just as hard, if not harder than other people. But, like, I, I find that, like, they're kind of, like, in their own bubble because they're just, oh, like, am. we just focus on, on our art and not, like... Yeah as much of the big picture kind of thing um so i just i kind of find it funny how like you have this luxury of just being like oh i'm an artist i don't need to know anything other than how to art well i was telling them earlier that as a con 
as a concept <laughs> artist, I I barely do any of the technical stuff, even yeah, on my art team, I because the art that, team yeah. still has technical shit to do, like putting things in the game, making sure they work. And I, I do my best to avoid that. I mean, I've I've done it, uh, but it's always like I always have to relearn things because I, I won't I will wind up helping when I need to, but then I'll go months because like like we need this shit concept and we don't have time for me to dick around in Unity, uh, and then I forget all the shit that I've done, so then I have to relearn it when I go back on to if I happen to have to do that again. So yeah. so usually I just try to stick with. Uh, and I, honestly, I don't really. Like I love games, but that's the one aspect of gaming I, I don't like, and I pr prefer just to make. I just want to design uh, stuff from an art perspective, and well, exactly like for a gameplay. Right? Like, that's like what I you want, want I, to do, yeah. Like I want to make. If I want to make, when I say gameplay, like if I'm designing a gun, I want a gun that's going to be useful for the player in terms of like how, like if you look at it, do you know what it does right away to look? Where's the UI stored? Is it is the UI built into the weapon? Well, then I need to make sure that stuff's clear. Like that's the kind of stuff I care about. Is this environment fun to look at and fun to navigate through? You know, do you know where to go at a glance? Can do you, is there telltale signs of how to like Mirror's Edge is a perfect example of how you can lead a player uh, just by changing the color of certain things. And like, so that's the kind of stuff that I care about. I do not care about TRC checks. I still don't know <laughs> what it is. As a matter of fact, when you started talking about it, I zoned out. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> because I'm an artist, an egotistical <laughs> artist who only cares about what the what the, the thing what the world looks like, man. Well, See my eyes. Oh boy. Well, just to, to point that is like if you're on a bigger team, like you can get away with it because you have more people to yeah. like do those things. But like on a smaller team, like I open Unity pretty much every day. Like we're yeah. and we also I don't want to say we do testing, but like. Uh, whenever like they only we only have a certain amount of hours allocated for testing like every uh, week or we have like a contract I can't remember exactly how it works but like um, if we need more testing but we only have like two testers like a lot of us will jump in on it because like yeah um, and also like me putting stuff in the game is because like the programmers don't have time to deal with that shit yeah you know because we're such a small team so it's like we try to do as much as we can and like programmers try to do as much as they can but that's like small team mentality really uh but yeah, artists, okay. artists living so in the TRC is <laughs> candidate, right? That's what it is, right? I think. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I want to mention, so this is a conversation I have with other QA, including Lef and, and other people I work with. And also people I talk to on like, our, I, there's a concept of our Discord servers and shit and part of some of those. And, you know, and, and there's layoffs of stuff people talk about. Like, oh, a bunch of people get laid off at a certain place. And, you know, what was let go? And if it's like, oh, none of the development team was let go. But then you notice that like, uh, QA or, or was let go or something like that. I'm like, so there's this kind of thought that QA is not part of the development team and, and it's always been kind of dismissed as, a, as like, a, oh, anyone could do this kind of thing or who cares. But like, that's not, like, that's a thing that I don't believe in. You know, I, yeah. I think testing is, or QA rather, is just as, it's just as important as any other step in the project, you know? Like, you need to have a good QA team. You don't want to ship a project with a bunch of fucking bugs and stuff. Uh, and and I think it's kind of a thankless job. People don't take them serious. Maybe people ignore their 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 like uh, feedback and meetings. Sometimes I even had artists in older projects be like, "Why is design pointing out this art problem or whatever?" Like they're not artists, like that kind of thing. And like I don't know, that pisses me off because you know these people play games all the time for a living. In this case, like listen and and don't dismiss. Like you need QA, and if they find a problem with something you've done, then maybe you need to fix it. It's like. Like it, it, it bothers me, but it it is it's still a persisting issue, I think, in the yeah. industry. It it is. It cool. it is, you know. I'll I'm not gonna name names, but you know, from my yeah. perspective, I've worked for two different companies 
um, one company, I was told to my face by someone that I'm replaceable. Um, and then the other company that I worked at has been super amazing. Um, so it, it, it definitely depends a little bit on, on maybe like kind of the atmosphere of the place. Um, but hmm. like where I'm at, like the one place where I was told I was useless, um, not like, like as a person, just that like, Hey, you know, anyone can do your job. Don't think you're special. Um, is basically what someone told me. Um, so, so that, that was kind of a kick in the teeth. Um, so like no one would, we would never be able to log like anything that's like a suggestion because no one would take it serious. Cause like you said, being like, Oh, you know, this person's not a designer, but yet this bug is a suggestion to like this, a design update. Like, why would I listen to you? You're just QA. Um, but, but like, you're right. Like we play the game more than anybody else would. Um, so you should be listening to our suggestions. Um, but so the new, the new company that I'm now work been working for, um, I've made like four suggestions and they've went with all of them. Um, cause they understand, Hey, this guy has played this game a lot. But let's seriously look at you know the suggestion that he's bringing to our attention. So um, it it definitely depends a little bit, I think, on on where you are, um, on on if you're going to kind of see, you know, a quality assurance agent kind of get shit on a little bit. But it's unfortunate that it, it definitely does happen to some people. We just we get looked at like the bottom man of the totem pole, but it's not it's not true. It's really it's not. not true. And I just I just want to mention that because uh, Lef also tests for our games and stuff. I do. <laughs> um, that one, uh, we always hear good things about the tickets that he writes. So. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. those good tickets, Lef. No, no, it's it's been cool. That's awesome. Working working on that game and like I've, I've been being able to make suggestions and my favorite thing is I made a text suggestion just like hey this would make more sense if it was worded this way and they went with it and I thought that was fun. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I can say something that might bring a little bit of, a, of perspective. If you notice a lot of the, in the video game environment, a lot of it is very specialized and experience is very valued, right? So if, if a video game studio comes to your town, you're going to notice this everywhere, but you're going to notice that a lot of the people in, in a video game studio are not going to be locals. They're going to be from somewhere, yeah. somewhere else, except for QA. <laughs> Uh, this also happened in Mexico when I was working in my, my in my very first job. Like uh, I, I was one of the few locals. Most people came from other parts of Mexico because they're they're just hiring people from they where they can get it right. If they can, if someone knows the specific thing or has some experience, they're gonna bring it over, and uh, that's gonna be the same for most disciplines. But for QA, is seen as such a lower barrier of entry discipline that they usually just hire whatever is available locally and they they choose to train them in the studio and sometimes not even that sometimes they'll just give them some documentation and let them learn while trying i feel uh so it, mm -hmm. it completely depends a lot on on the the studio attitude towards the the qa discipline it is true that for the historically QA has been treated, you know, kind of like low-level people, very replaceable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't even give them like full-time contracts or, I mean, yeah, I don't know, like full-time employment. They'll just give them contracts and stuff like that. That's yeah, a lot, that of, a lot of QA yeah. positions are temporary. Yeah. And it's true, like, I know that I used to depend a lot on testers and specifically on specific ones, the ones that are good are invaluable because they, you just they're they're almost like living documentation of the game like better than the actual documentation you just go to the tester that knows the most and they, hey what happens when when this you know when 
some very some very specific thing that you don't even know even like i i'm the designer right i designed this feature but i don't know what happens when x and y and z combines like you go to the tester because a bunch of different features are interacting and sometimes you'll see a bug and then you have to either go and do some sort of reverse engineering or just simply go to the testers which usually they know they know this stuff damn right <laughs> um <laughs> I just want to say too, like QA is uh, basically like your last line of defense before you put your game out. So it's like you don't invest in that. Like if people who in, in general studios who don't think that QA is important, it's like telling me that you don't think it's important that I get a stable game to play. Like, you know, who's going yeah. to buy something like and it's uh, with a lot of games coming out recently that have like these game breaking bugs. And it's like, um you know you think about it and it's like well was it time constraint stuff was it studio environment was it just that they didn't really give a shit about qa like you know um so yeah uh and i mean there's lots of like uh i don't know i don't i don't want to say ted talks but i think like gdc talks and stuff um in general just about uh uh qa and testing that it's like if you put a lot of value in that like you're gonna see that return like with a with a good a good stable game on release so yeah. yeah oh and you know what like if something goes right the developers the the programmers the designers will get you know the glory but if something goes mm -hmm. wrong every time and this is in every story that i've been <laughs> if something goes wrong if the game crashes or something like that whoever takes the blame it's always it's always qa always qa yeah yeah, yeah. it just seems that way it's true it's true but it's so stupid they just found your problem they didn't make your problem yeah Anyways, yeah, I, well, I would get rid of QA well, like, first. <laughs> well, like, the one thing that, that I learned, you know, working in, in games is just how incredibly complex it is to make a game. There's so many things that go into it. Um, and so it's so easy for, you know, a new build to come out that you're testing. And then, you know, something that was fixed 15 builds ago reemerges. So it's always this constant, you know looking into similar issues to like like big ones because they do reoccur quite frequently throughout builds and they need to kind of get looked at again um so it's just it's just a crazy process of just how huge and how complicated a game can be and just so like like you were saying sage how it's like you know how does x interact with y and you know if your game is big enough there's going to be so many variables that you're going to need to check um it can sometimes be like extremely overwhelming to look at these like massive like 600 checks checklist that you have to run through on on some games is this the topic or are we just like we don't have yeah, one when it, oh, okay it became this okay yeah that's fine yeah man remember a long time ago me seiji and left recorded an episode about uh, our individual roles like what it's like to be an artist and stuff but that episode's quality got all janked up and we couldn't release it oh yeah uh, so right. here it is really? now huh. yeah you don't remember i forgot about that yeah i remember that now that you mention it yeah it was like uh yeah we have a few episodes that never came out we had the uh our favorite mario kart items was it smash bros items uh was it smash yeah maybe it was smash, bros was items, smash bros items. yeah you're probably right uh you know and then uh, i think there's like one or two other ones that never uh so the light of day. Did Dragon Power ever see the light of day? I know I don't think that did either. Oh god, no. It's too bad. So something that I had to learn coming from programming, as I was saying, that you know, if you're talking to a programmer, it's it's more like they're gonna ask questions, right? If if you if you tell them something, 
and you say, oh, this is how it should work. And then programmers are usually going to start asking questions like, what happens if, what happens if, what happens if, right? If you don't explain it like fully, logically, and with all the edge cases covered, right? So it's very cold and logical. But, <laughs> very matter of fact. Yeah, yeah. And, That's and, why you're a robot person the, the whole time. <laughs> and again, like because we're trying to break ideas or... It seems like breaking, but it's more like building like an actual system, right? Because you're trying to, to build it up in your mind. So there's a lot of questions like, because pro programming is a lot about generalization. So if you want a certain behavior, you don't code that behavior. You code a system that supports that behavior. And there, But there's this all these other behaviors that are possible within that system. So that's what you're thinking. But when you're talking to other people, non-programmers maybe it seems mean i i think that is the the general <laughs> idea that what that's what i learned you know coming from programming to, onto design because when i first started design i came from a technical background so everything was very technical i was like this is how it should work and this is it and this is x and this is y and this is you know examples of this and that but because a designer has to talk with different departments um, i had some trouble communicating so now, you know, that I've been through all that, um, I feel like this is, this is me, right? This is my personal experience. I, I'm not saying this is the same for all, for all people. Yeah, but, it applies to all of us, I think. Um, when I'm talking to a programmer, I go into programming mode. Like, I, I'll go to them. There's no, I don't have to care about their emotions. I'll, I'll just go and explain, <laughs> like, oh, wait, this is this. And when you do this, this happened and blah, blah. You know, you go and with a very, you know, almost give them like the structures and the data because that, that's what they care. Some programmers are very interested in, in whys, right? Most programmers, they don't care, right? They don't care, you know, if, if something, you know, why you're you're choosing this direction instead of this other direction. They do quite, they do ask in their own way, but not in like that kind of like what other designers will ask. When I'm talking to designers, more like I, it's more about arguments. Like, oh, this game does this, so therefore, you know, it's good if we use this. Blah blah blah. It's it's, it's kind of like that. What with artists, I I've noticed is that I have to be very aware of of myself. I have to become very self-aware in terms of am I being approachable and not mean? And you know what I mean? I, I don't know if, if you guys understand what I'm saying, but I have to like... Artists be... are, are very sensitive. And oh, yeah. yeah. If, 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 if I don't tell the artist or people in, in, in art-related disciplines in a way that is like, it's like building a relationship with that person, you know, it's very, very diplomatic when you're kind of talking to them. Not diplomatic. That's more production. But with artists, more like <laughs> emotional. You get soft and yeah, you get to soften yourself. Because if you if you rub an artist the wrong way, it's just gonna make your life very hard. <laughs> I feel, and I don't. You're I don't not like, wrong. I don't like dealing with that kind of thing. It's very hard for me to talk to artists, but um, <laughs> I I have. It's ironic considering you know, some of your closest friends are artists. Yeah, I go and like, like you know how it this in this game or how this color looks this way in this other way. But you know, I'm not an artist, so I don't know about this kind of thing. But you know, very respectfully, yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of like that. It's like, hilarious. Uh, like it's, it's true like though. Beating around the bushes a lot. Um, <laughs> I feel um, it's very time-consuming and very hard for me. And with production, it's more like <laughs> that that diplomatic kind of thing, right? It, it, with with management, is is like, well, this thing 
needs to be done. I think it can be done in this amount of time, but probably we'll need more and then it, it will need to consider this and that. And, you know, a lot of negotiation, I think, <laughs> I feel, with, with, with production. And I don't think we I should respect. go in this direction, but blah, blah, blah. Huh? Oh, I, I respect your ability to adapt because I don't. I just, uh, you know, and, <laughs> and you're, you're not wrong too. You don't have to. Yeah, I guess I get really emotional and uh, like uh, heated <laughs> up if I disagree with something. Like if I think it's a bad decision, it doesn't have to be about art. It's like in general, then my first response is like a flare up of like, of like uh, annoyance or, or power. I really just want to say, I wasn't to say rage, but that's not right. So I don't get angry. It's more like a, like a passionate and I get louder. Uh, but not like I'm not trying to yell or anything. It's just like I'm like heated up. I'm like I don't I don't think we should do that. That's a that's a bad idea. It's not going to help the player. Why are we doing it this way? Or or you want us to change this? Why? What what's the reason for that? It doesn't make any sense. It's going to look worse. Like that's that's how uh, I know that's how we could be sometimes, and especially me, uh, which I've been working on a little bit. But uh, yeah, I, you're not. You're definitely your experiences are correct with with artists in a lot of the case. But it's, it's very... That's what I mean, though. It's interesting, right? Every group's a little different, and uh, we all have our weird weirdness to us. Yeah, but, it, I mean, to me, as a designer, what I'm trying to do is explain to people, right? I'm not trying to... I'm not their boss, right? That's production. Yeah. In production, we'll have their own, you know, um, challenges in communicating with... They probably need to communicate things in a different way, but for a different purpose, which is, you mm -hmm. know, you have to spend this amount of time, or you cannot spend this amount of time. You have this amount of time. How, how can you make it, you know, quicker... Or, you know, stuff like that. But for me, it's more like, hey, I need you to understand that this is the intention and we need to aim in this direction. But I, I don't I, I, I don't have any power over, you know, people. It's just, you know, explaining the idea. So that is the intention. Right. Video games, man. It's fun. A lot goes into to making them uh, mechanically and emotionally. So if you still want to get into games, I still recommend it. But uh, now you have some <laughs> ammo when it comes to dealing with different departments. Uh, I mean, nobody listens to show. For most people, maybe what they what they envision when they when they think about making games is is very high level positions that I don't think either and none of us have uh, have nope. held. You know, maybe like product management or you know stuff with a lot of power where you can just go and say, "Hey, why don't we do this?" Right. <laughs> and then it, it has to get done. Yeah, and it's not like that for for us. It's more like <laughs> so, there's something that needs to be done, and then you limit yourself to to the specifics of how it needs to be to get done. But the direction is is usually already set by other people. Yeah. Um, but uh, for the most part, if you're gonna, unless you're doing like your own game with like two of your buddies, um, most likely you're not gonna have a lot of power over some creative decisions. Yep. <laughs> so that turned into like a full-fledged topic or dude all right well, let's end it here it was a good episode uh really awesome that you showed up left uh people yeah. will be happy i know at least sundary j and bbq crew will be happy that you uh made an appearance and maybe anyone any qa people out there listening might appreciate it too you never know. i hope that we have one but i don't think we do because we have <laughs> yeah, like two maybe. listeners but one of them could be qa we don't know there we go well, oh, wait, no, I, we already named our two listeners, and they're neither one of those a QA. So. Well, I listened to an episode with Kevin, and apparently you guys had two listeners, but then he said something, and now you're down to only one listener. God, oh, boy. Damn so it. hopefully That's... me coming back will bring back at least one of those listeners. So. Yeah, I hope so. so. We'll find out. Speak there out, people. If, if we have now two or three listeners, we can say it's the left bump. There we go. Uh, there we go. I'm right. going to actually try to make it more. So you, everyone, everyone who's who's been missing left. 
uh, will hopefully be satisfied. So right, they won't find themselves left hanging. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening. This is Rob and Shelby. Left and Seiji. Nice. Bye. Somebody, somebody just came all like to where my bedroom window is. It's right next to the door. They don't know it's my bedroom window, but the cat was sitting in it. And I heard a bunch of tapping. And I was like, what the fuck? There's somebody tapping on my window. Get the fuck, <laughs> uh, get the fuck out of here, people.